0: Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: We're midway through the week here on Fantasy Sports Today. AFC Championship, NFC Championship headed on deck. But before we get to that, a lot to get to in baseball today as Fantasy Sports Today starts now.
1: FANTASY SPORTS TODAY.
0: Good afternoon. Welcome in fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizapia. We can hear on the show at Craig Mish at Joe Pizapia 17 on Twitter. As the baseball season gets ready to roll, we close out on the football season. Fantasy baseball coming fast and furious. And the month of January definitely has given us a lot more news than we could have ever imagined, especially over the last couple of days. We want to thank Lorenzo Kane from the Milwaukee Brewers for coming on the show for sure and weighing in on a lot of different topics, both fantasy and reality. And with everything that's gone on with the Houston Astros, Joe, we heard late last night that yet another move was being made as a fallout from the Astros' 2017 season. This actually translates to the 2018 season, where manager of the Red Sox and former bench coach of the Astros, Alex Cora, officially gone from manager of uh, of the Red Sox. Now, I'm not really sure exactly what they're calling this, Joe. If it's a resigning or a firing, it just seems like it's kind of just <laughs> in conjunction. Inevitably, I believe that he would have he would have been fired anyway, but it feels like uh, a preemptive strike where Major League Baseball is going to drop the hammer on him anyway. And Cora, knowing that spring training is getting ready to start, thought better of it just to eliminate myself from the distraction, which is basically what he said in the comments. And so the Red Sox and Astros, Joe, both looking for managers with less than a month to go before spring training.
2: I believe the phrase was uh, parted ways, which I always love that. I always love parted ways. That's always my favorite thing. Uh, but I think more accurate to say fired, right? I feel like fired is the is the right You know, it seems like the right thing there there,
0: there is a difference between parted ways and firing. It is. And
2: it has to do with contractually, like who gets the money. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. But look, this was definitely coming. Everybody knew after what we saw happen on Monday, which I mean, honestly, it feels like doesn't it feel like a year ago? This conversation has really just kind of taken off. And I know it's taken off in a number of big Facebook groups for baseball and fantasy baseball and on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. And it should. It's it's a very relevant conversation. And I think there's a lot of questions to ask ourselves about, well, what's the line of cheating? And and yes, and little guy, definitely what the Astros did was wrong because it said in black and white, don't do this. And they pushed the envelope and they did it anyway. But then again, what they were doing was basically a different version of cheating, which really should you be allowed to do that in the first place? Look, it, the whole thing is fascinating. Uh, in terms of the fallout from this, I feel like everything happened in an hour too. Because we've got this, we got the Donaldson, we got the Keekly, but everything almost like it's just like one story after another story after another. So all of a sudden we're January is supposed to be dead. It was it was a hot night last night in January, even though it was freezing cold up here in the northeast. And I'll tell you Sorry. what, the Red Sox I'm- are looking for a new manager and, and I it's anybody's guess who that's gonna be right now.
0: Yeah, I I think the important thing for for our perspective from fantasy and reality again is to not we we live too much as prisoners in the moment, and I guess that through my Wagering expertise is I've I've really learned not to do that. I've really learned to take a bigger picture of that, and I and I think that for some media and some of these hot take shows, like this is what they want. Like you got oh, to react. This is gold Red's, for the They're done. They're finished
2: forever. Everybody know? should be banned for life. Yeah, but but, gosh, but we're we're
0: up. trying to help you win leagues, and we're trying to help you make money in fantasy and 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 sometimes wagering. So I, I tend to be a lot more level headed, maybe than I was ten or twenty years ago. I I and you know people are basically correlating this to saying Joe that now that Cora is gone they can get rid of Mookie Betts like now of course they could get rid of Mookie Betts they could also get rid of everybody they could also just not play the season if Boston wanted to.
2: There's also that narrative that people don't think the baseball managers as much matter, excuse me, the baseball manager matters as much in baseball as it does in say football and things like that, which I happen to disagree with, but there's also that narrative out there like well what does it matter who the manager is and who the manager isn't?
0: It some of it matters. I, I think that if the Red Sox chose to take a little bit of a backseat in 2020. And if they chose to tear down a little bit, the fans would be upset, but they would understand. That's the only thing that I could see playing into this scenario. But I still think the Red Sox have a very good team. Uh, Caesars agrees, points bet agrees. So I am not shutting the door on them competing at all in 2020. In terms of Alex Cora, what do I think? At this point, Joe, I think it's pretty evident that it's going to be more than one year, my guess, and they're not going to do a year and a half. So my guess is Alex Cora is probably going to be suspended for two years and he's going to have a hard time after that second year being a manager in, uh, in Major League Baseball and maybe even a bench coach. Uh, of course, he lives in South Florida. He uh, The University of Miami is around the corner. Maybe that's where it starts mm. again for him at the college level, a good which, would certainly, which would certainly make some sense. He could be a college coach and then work his way back up. Um, you know, I, a lot of people, Joe, like Alex Cora, a lot of people like AJ Hinch. A lot of people apparently dislike Jeff Luno. I had a good re- I had a really good relationship with the guy. He never turned me down for an interview. Windows was always forthcoming, and even did shows with me and, and told us who to take in fantasy. Like, I mean, the guy was great to us. But I completely understand they did the wrong thing. They all deserve to lose their jobs, and they did. And so, uh, friendships and relationships, unfortunately, for a lot of people uh and i'm reading it on social media and hearing it on the radio like it's getting in the way of this a little bit the friendships and relationships for me it is not because i get it but i can certainly understand it because for example like a trade happened yesterday where the marlins traded a player who i like very much that gets in the way of the thinking of me impartially for sure because i'm a fan of the player so i get it um okay so uh, let's move on to the other piece of baseball news yesterday which is shocking Uh, honestly josh donaldson getting four years from the Minnesota Twins, I did not think it would get he actually has a fifth year option there too. definitely has to change my thinking on the Twins without overreaction too much a little bit. The Twins offense is out of this world if all these guys are healthy. And if if war is a stat that we're looking at and we're looking at win totals and Donaldson is a three war player, or a four war player or two, I mean, that's got to add to their success in 2020. Now, what he'll look like, Joe, in 2023 is another story. But for the time being, the twins are looking at this as going for it. Shocking that they didn't get pitching. <laughs> and this is the direction that they ended up going. But uh, clearly, this is Donaldson's message to the Atlanta Braves, man. Like, stick it, right? Like, he just stuck it to them. It just basically- well, I'm not surprised.
2: He, he took wherever was going to give him the most because this is his last big contract. And that's what guys are apt to do. And I don't blame him. I would do the same thing. You know, it's not that cold in Minnesota in the summertime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can get by with that. But it's uh it's certainly surprising that's for sure it is an incredible lineup on paper it's also a pretty old lineup when you got nelson cruz and him in the middle of it now and you got to think all right like where are we at with these guys in their mid to late 30s but you're right the pitching you still look at the pitching and is uh is it enough to have homer bailey and rich hill and and and, uh, pineda coming off a suspension and all of this to me if you're in here and you're spending all this money with donaldson something else has to happen here you have to bring another pitcher now maybe they won't do it right away Maybe it's a situation where they figure they can outslug everybody for a couple months, and they might be right. Hell, they did it last year, but at the same time, I think that they've got to find they, – they need somebody to step up here in the back part of this rotation after Barrios and Arizzi in order to continue to make them a competitive team in that division, because that division is going to be more competitive with the White Sox being a much improved team. And I think they are much improved. I think they have at least more talent on the field. So uh, I know there's a ton of fallout from this. We're going to get to later in the second hour, but this was a fascinating signing from a fantasy standpoint, and from a real baseball standpoint too, because it also affects the power balance in the National League East.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. The Braves basically are just going to roll with Riley and there's you know, certainly nothing wrong with that idea. Alex Anthopoulos, by the way, as a general manager, basically puts his foot in the sand on things. Like, he will not go above. Like It's just the way that he is. He, he he does what he thinks is fair, and he's not emotional about it. And this happened last year with Real Muto, and it happened again with Donaldson. He basically has a asking price and a cost on a player and won't go above it. I would say this in closing, and we'll get to more of this later, is that if I am a major league team, Joe, and I have a plethora of pitching I am calling the Twins. They are in an all-in mode at this point. Like, I, I would see what I could get in their minor league system back. The Twins, there's no looking back. They are past the point, Joe, of no return. They better win this year or else after making this move, I think. So uh, we're going to get to Luke Kuechly. I want to talk about him a little bit later in the show. But up next is the opening drive. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here with you. Plenty of to get to here, surprisingly, on this Wednesday, January 15th. And we'll be back right after this.
1: full-time fantasy at no point does the
0: catcher or the pitcher believe that they are being filmed from the outfield and then that information is being relayed to the dugout who now start banging on drums so the hitter up there knows what to do
1: this is as scummy as it gets cheating is bad But this is literally stealing. Weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
2: Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it...
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents... First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. From the opening!
0: And this is the opening drive on Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish. It is Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. We do have some NFL to get to. A very touching topic as Luke Keekley decided to call it quits, arguably being the best linebacker in the NFL over the last decade. We're going to get to that, so stay tuned for that. I got some opinions on that coming up. But first, let's get to some of the smaller things happening in the opening drive. Uh, About 10 minutes from my house a couple of days ago, not even like really close to my house. uh, Hollywood police show up at Antonio Brown's house. He's live streaming on Instagram. I don't know if if that's what that's called. I believe that's what that's called. Live streaming on Instagram. Things are just going wrong for him. (laughs) Joe, day after day, has gummy bears that are shaped (laughs) in genitalia, throwing them at the police. Not every
2: day you get to say the phrase penis shaped gummy bears. Oh, my gosh. Let's say it on air because this is the one time we're going to get away with
0: it. I've seen that car that they showed there day after day in the car line at the school. Who uh, was baby mama, I, right? Not his wife, right? I don't. I don't me. think. He, I don't think he's married, but who knows? You know, Bovada, or Bo, I don't know if we're about to mention it, but too late. Okay, so there's an online place that has like <laughs> that has that has odds about um, will he be arrested in 2020. It's it's gotten to that point. Ugh. It's it's the it's it's such a sad story that I would say it appears as though he's got people around him that are just basically enabling this, right? Like he's got guys or people that are like, wow, that's so funny. You're so funny. Like, this is amazing. And, and this even goes back all the way back to August with the cryotherapy and it looked funny and ah, he's got a plan. It's, this guy has no plan, Joe. It's like falling it's- apart from there. I
2: mean, that was, that was, well, that's one thing. The, the, here we are, what five months later, whatever it is this has fallen out precipitously after that don't you think greg i mean this is a far away from oh i stayed in the cryo thing too long to no no but i think i think that back to
0: this (laughs) i i think that well look obviously what happened the other day you're saying it's warning signs i get it right well the the point was is that now that we see this it may it's all goes into the same bucket i mean it really does like everything that happened it will happen again. I don't think he's going to play in the NFL again, Joe. I don't oh, I don't let, either. No, I think that's it. Yeah, well, it's funny smart.
2: because you saw like Ryan Clark came out and said this is always who this guy was. This guy is always nuts. And then you have other people who have been around him. And, and again, you don't know who to believe, but they have other people around Antonio Brown who have said no, he's he's different mentally and things have changed and you could see kind of things creeping in. And, and it's scary because I feel like we're much closer to Aaron Hernandez territory now. Like we're getting to this point where Things are really going off the rails and the social media aspect doesn't help. I mean, it really doesn't. You know, we know a lot of players that we grew up with in the 80s were crazy and we heard a lot of the stories. And I know my beloved 86 Mets, I've read a lot of stories and how the bad guys won by Jeff Perlman that I believe 99 percent of that is true. And imagine if those guys had social media, how crazy that team would have been but look it, it gets crazier because it gets magnified because everybody sees your madness and then some of these guys feed off of that because they get likes or they get attention or they get all this other stuff so he's bored he doesn't know you know a lot of these guys do they don't know what to do with themselves when they don't have the game anymore because all they know is the routine of the game and then they have an offseason which really the off season routine sets in so really when they're out of routine they become lost because this has been their life for, I don't know, probably since they were 10 years old. And that's the scary thing. Now, what do these guys do? And when you add in any sort of mental illness or any sort of any issues that this guy's had potentially with CTE or anything else, because I'm sure there's some of that in there. It is a, it is a scary picture. That's all I know. And it's sad and it's scary. And I know we're making jokes and stuff like that, too. But at the same time, I don't think this is going in a good direction. You're right. He's never going to play in the NFL again. And I don't even think he'll play football ever again.
0: No. And uh, Hollywood police in my area, they uh, cut ties with him as far as participating in the charities and the police, police athletic leagues, just based off that tirade. And I guess as they, they should.
2: It was the right thing to do. Apparently, apparently, they
0: apparently they've been they've unreported. They've been called to his house like a, like a many, many times oh, in the last few months that they just don't even report. And now they put it out there yet, a couple of days ago, as they should after you get destroyed by this guy uh, publicly. And good
2: it. discipline by the police, there not definitely
0: taking the definitely.
2: bait. I, the whole time I kept waiting, I was like, "Oh, these guys are doing a real and gals are doing a good job not taking the bait here because they could and make the situation even worse."
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully it turns around for him, and um, that's we'll leave it at that. Uh, CC Sabathia, who retired former pitcher for the Yankees, Joe, like uh, basically Lorenzo Cain came on the show said yesterday. Uh, he believes that the Yankees were cheated out of a title and you're seeing a lot of former and even current players popping off. We saw Mike Miner yesterday uh, also have a snide comment toward Alex Cora after Cora, uh, you know, got mad at him for basically trying to achieve a milestone in game. Um, I believe it was this past year. This is just trending all. I mean, it's basically it's it's the players like fully against the Houston Astros and maybe Boston Red Sox coming again. It's taken a really ugly turn. As every current and former player is going to have a very negative opinion on this Astros going into camp. Man, it's going to be talk about a distraction. This is going to be a monster distraction this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, CC they really get cheated. I mean, is that really, really CC? Is that where we want to go? I mean, I don't know, man. I just. Uh, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Yankee fans out there and a lot of millennial Yankee fans who have known nothing but winning their whole life, who all of a sudden feel cheated. But at the same time, it's funny how none of them had a problem when Roger Clemens was winning games for them and winning big playoffs. And none of them to have a problem with Andy Pettit, who admitted to HGH use and, and all the other guys. And, and there's plenty of players on those teams. And there's plenty of players at every team. Look, you know, cheating is something that's just rampant in sports. Getting an edge is something that's rampant in sports because of the money and because of what's out there. So, just try to enjoy the game for what it is and at the end of the day you still got to execute no matter how jacked up you are no matter what you're on no matter whether you know what's coming or what's not this whole notion uh and i know we'll get into this a little later too but this whole notion that you know that's all that matters and somehow the execution of hitting the baseball or pitching the baseball or whatever it is doesn't matter of course it does of course it does i saw Pedro Martinez strike out three of the biggest steroid players ever in a row in an all-star game so don't tell me you know you can't do it so uh, cc sabathia really i mean i'm trying to remember that run he had with the brewers what year was that
0: do you remember you know what i'm talking about right yeah when he got traded over there he was great
2: yeah was that was he playing with ryan braun then was that part of the ryan braun mvp era it would have to be yeah Mm, yeah i I seem to recall being so so cc you know let's just relax bro you had a great career probably hall of fame career stop just stop
0: LSU's coach uh, Brady is leaving, and he was the architect of that offense with Joe Burrow. He is going to go with Matt Rule of the Carolina Panthers. That's our subject here for third down here on the opening drive, Joe. Uh, Panthers are definitely uh, headed in the right direction as far as this is concerned. We'll talk about Keekley coming up here. Matt Rule was given a seven-year contract, which tells you, at least tells me, that I'm not sure what in the world to expect this year or next. But a complete rebuild here it looks like for the Panthers, and um, I, w- I I gotta wonder about McCaffrey at this point. I I don't know which direction they're headed here. Yeah,
2: I don't know either. But it's this is going to be a fascinating thing here because, you know, I-, I think they're they're doing a good job by bringing in some really bright football minds, and I think that's that's always what matters the most and I and I think that's that's where a lot of organizations go wrong and, I, and I'll put out the the Browns just you know I don't want to pick on the Browns but they just pop to mind because I thought the Stefanski hire was a very strange one you know I'm not saying he's not you know, worthy of consideration for a head coaching job but I think the more you collectively bring in great football minds regardless of the talent you have you can create a competitive football team and eventually you create a culture of winning and then players want to be there and then it all changes around and I think that's right. very very important and i think that's the difference between the nfl and i always use that example of the 90s buffalo bills nobody had more talent than the 90s buffalo bills go look at the hall of famers thurman thomas jim kelly uh bruce smith it just the list goes on and on james Lofton, and andre Reed. i don't remember a team that had so many hall of famers on it and they couldn't win a super bowl why because they got out schemed by joe gibbs and an inferior talented team because they got got schemed by bill parcells an inferior talented team Cowboys had equal talent, but they got out skiing by Jimmy Johnson, another Hall of Fame coach. Coaching matters in the NFL, and I think it's great that the Panthers are bringing these great football minds into one spot, and young football minds, too, that can kind of grow with a team and an organization, because that's
0: how you create a dynasty. Fourth down here, Joe, real quick. Uh, Tua Tagalova yesterday, uh, reports coming out saying that he could be healthy by the draft. Uh, I think that's great. I'll believe it when I see it, right? Like, that's just basically... This is player slash uh, agent talk, although, uh, I I mean, you would think that in order for any team to take him, that he's going to have to show something before that he gets there, correct? Like he's going to have to show some health in March, right? You would
2: think so. Um, You know, I want to pose this question to you now, too, now that we're post-championship game. In a vacuum, Tua never gets hurt. is healthy. Let's just say Alabama just lost that game and he doesn't play in the national championship, blah, blah, blah. Who is... After watching Joe Burrow again in this championship game and knowing what you've known out of two of the last mm-hmm. couple of years, who is the best NFL prospect for quarterback?
0: Yeah, Burrow would still be one and two would be the second pick of the draft.
2: OK, so that's that's what I think, too. I've heard other people argue the opposite. No. And I wanted your take because I know you're a huge college football guy and I respect your opinion on the
0: subject. Yeah, we'll be right back more fantasy sports today right after this.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening up a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com grid. You'll receive a free bet of up to $500. You heard that right. Free bet, $500 when you open up a sports wagering account. At FanDuel.com slash grid, points, spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering, college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open up your new account, claim your free wager of up to $500 today. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You have to be 21 years or older to use FanDuel and be in New Jersey, and there are some eligibility restrictions if you go to the website. You can catch more on that. I've yet to come to a determination on uh, Sunday's games, and the good news is I still have two two, two more days to get that sorted out. Uh, We're going to get back to uh, the baseball conversation here, and in case you missed us on demand earlier in the show, we did touch a little bit on Alex Cora, the now former manager of the Red Sox, and we can certainly get into a little bit of that now. Uh, What's next year for the Red Sox, Joe? Uh, 10 of 30 teams in baseball are going to start the season with a new manager. It's very hard even in the in the shoes that I'm in, Joe, to try and predict who's going to be a manager of a team, like I don't know what Hein Bloom is thinking now that he's come over for the Rays, but it would seem to me that given the fact that he was at the top of baseball operations with Tampa Bay, and Matt Cortaro, who interviewed for the Pirates job, the Giants job, and is predominantly one of the best coaches on the Rays staff with Kevin Cash that if Bloom had his way, like why wouldn't he just call this dude and just give him a three-year contract and let's just end the conversation? Like That's, I think, the direction that they're going to go. But I seem to be overwhelmed by most people feel like they're just going to go in-house and use Ron Renneke and make him the manager. Again, this is a hard thing to quantify because I don't know. You don't know. We're simply guessing. But if I'm putting two and two together here and I have a new manager, a new person in baseball ops... And I want to change culture and I want to change ideas. Don't I want to go to the place where I've had so much success and just take that guy? That's what I would do.
2: I I tend to agree with you there. It feels like that would be the right move is to, you know, clean house or whatever it is. But it's, it's more like start fresh, you know, start fresh with a fan base, especially if you really do like this guy and you really think this guy could be a good manager. Don't you want to take advantage of that scenario now? Because what happens next year if somebody else hires him? Right. (laughs) <laughs> so you know you'd rather that's go exactly get that right mindset. he's definitely you know, gonna that, get hired yeah he's definitely gonna get hired chances are so do you want to just go in the house and be lazy or do you want to say hey we need to let's go with the future let's let's you know Cora is done that era is over we got a world series out of it okay that's great another another red Sox world series you can add that to the uh, trophy case but it would seem like it would be good from a pr standpoint it would be good from a baseball standpoint and, and a long-term planning standpoint to bring in the next person that you think could lead your organization and continue to be the head of the Red Sox team. And if you think that guy is Cortaro, then you go get him. I don't I don't I think the the easy thing to do is just promote from within. And it looks like the Astros might do that too. And I got questions about that for you for sure. But I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like the best thing to do is to move on and start fresh. And also I think what you do is you help the players because when you kind of clean house a little bit from the from that standpoint. Then you have a whole new group to come in, a whole new regime. You'll ask her questions the first day uh, in spring training, and then it'll pretty much be over. You know, I'm sure actually in like a month from now, it's almost going to be old news because that's the way our cycle runs. You know, everyone's so hot on this right now and everyone go to the spring training and they'll talk about it in the first day or two. And then after that, it'll all go away. Of course, but don't you want to make sure you have different management in place so that you can really just kind of turn the page, right?
0: Yeah, no, this will be done very soon, I think, uh, within a week or two, and it, it just, this makes a lot of sense, but again, the Red Sox have something in place. Do they want to keep it going? I don't see why they would. I mean, Bloom has no devotion to anybody in Boston. None. I mean, he literally was only hired a couple of months ago. So, it, I mean, this seems to all add up in this direction. But I can't sit here and tell you what they're thinking internally. But if if it was me and I was Heim Bloom, I would I would certainly want to go to a guy that I trust and I know. And by the way. Bloom will never be given this sort of opportunity again. Like he'll never be in this position where how could you have ever fired Alex Corr after winning the world series a couple of years ago? You couldn't have done it. Now you have your shot. Like take your shot. Uh, This is an interesting one here. The Mets have Carlos Beltran as their manager. Now he was mentioned over and over again in this, uh, in this report by the commissioner of major league baseball hall of fame aside, this, this is percolating a little bit and wondering if Beltron should still be manager of the Mets, we have not been given any indication that the Mets are even considering not having him as the manager. I guess what I wonder is, I mean, let, let's let's put firing aside for a minute. Do you think, Joe, in the next week or two, we're going to start hearing about this topic? Because we really haven't. I think there's a chance we may. I think well, that it's this going start- down the line, right?
2: Out- I mean, if if Hinch got a year. And he was he got a year and then lost his job because he was aware it was going on and then didn't police it enough to really get rid of it. So he, he kind of let it go on, even though he said, I don't like this. Don't do it. I don't want to hear about it. And then Cora was the guy who was really the perpetrator of it and the leader of it. And then he lost his job and a suspension's coming for him. I understand Beltran was a player then, but how do you take a player who is also in the spearhead of this and now put him in charge of a team? and think that that is a good move from an integrity standpoint, only the Mets, only the Mets could be in this. It's, it's, kind of situation.
0: I know it's, such it a shame.
2: is. <laughs> this is, this is why I hate my life sometimes, which is why people say, you know, Oh, you know, but you're a Patriots fan. I said, yes, because if I wasn't, if I was like a Mets and Jets and Knicks fan, like I know a lot of my friends are, I would be on top of a tower somewhere, hurling myself off of it because this is, this is the torture of being a Mets fan. And, I'm not the biggest Beltran fan to begin with. He was always very sour and always very dour with the media and with the fan base too. I was never a Beltran guy, phenomenal talent, great player, kind of an unlikable personality when he was here, okay? And I will tell you this. I did not want him to be manager. I don't want him to be manager now, but putting that aside, putting all, as you said earlier, putting personal issues aside, from a professional standpoint, if I'm the Mets organization, I see what Major League Baseball did and then what the Astros did to Hinch. If I see what Major League Baseball is going to do to Cora, but what the Red Sox jumped ahead – I don't think you can have Beltran in this position because I think from a PR standpoint, at the very least, it really brings you into a very questionable place. And I think that already this hire was suspect to begin with. And are we basing some of this hire about how great he was? And you know this and I know this, how great he was working with the Astros young players back in 2017. That was part of the big narrative here that they sold us as a fan base on was look at him towards the end of his career and how well he worked with some of the young Astros. OK, great. Yeah, he worked real well with them. So that's the selling point. I'm not sold.
0: So do you think that uh, they they fire him before he starts? It, it, by the way, he won't be suspended. It's going to have to be the Mets making this call. You think I agree. It will. I, that's that's what we're paid to do here. Is, is I know.
2: I think they should. I think they won't.
0: Yeah, I don't think they will either.
2: And I think and I think it'll be the wrong move. <laughs> I really I think this also gives them an out, too, because I don't it think does it does give be them an popular.
0: out at the end of the year. If it doesn't go
2: well, quick, that's for sure. It, it does. It gives them an out at any point in the year if it doesn't go well. But I, I think that this was not a very popular hire with the fan base for many reasons, but mostly because it was like, OK, well, we're bringing in this first time manager and we just did this whole first time manager thing with Mickey Calloway. And that didn't exactly work out great. So I, I think it's a very tough sell and it's not like he's a beloved Met. It's not like they are bringing in crazy Wally Backman who, even though for all his craziness is beloved by the fan base. It's not like they're going that route. They're going a the guy guys basically unlike by the fan base, a first time manager. And now a first time manager who's draped in a scandal as one of the lead guys in it, the right thing. To, what would you do if you, if you were the Mets GM, would you move on from him? I would,
0: you know, it's, I it's, think it's the right it's thing to great, do. It's a great question. Um, this is what we get paid to
2: do, like you said. Yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> I would make the move. I would say, I would say the fan base. I'll give you time to think about it. I would say to the fan base. Look, this was our guy. We love Carlos. We love all these things, but this is something. This is a culture we don't want to be a part of. And if part of the reason of that success is what we thought so much about what he brought to that organization, and this is part of that, then we were kind of fooled into thinking it. And I think I mean, if he hour. was,
0: the, if he was the, ma- if he was the main player that was behind all this. With uh, Cora, then I probably would. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what it seems like. From the it reading, seems like right? it, but I,
0: I would. I need a little more information to make that final call. Uh, Joe Espada, uh, who is the bench coach, is is going to be, or the, I think the third base coach actually is going to be probably the manager of the Astros. Joe Espada interviewed for every single job out there except for hosting the show. Basically, um, he interviewed for the Giants, the Pirates, the Cubs. He interviewed last year. Uh, from from what I gathered, I guess he just doesn't interview great. When he goes to these things because he hasn't been able to land a job. And lucky for him, he's still around in Houston. So he's going to get an opportunity. I know him. I knew him in South Florida. He was a a coach here, too, a very well liked guy. I, I don't think that he has any uh allocation with any of this stuff that's going on knowing a spot like i do so i don't have a problem with him being the manager joe at all
2: I, I don't either because it seems like this was a real 2017 issue and then by 2018 it seems it, it seems if it was, you read the report that it kind of left the the culture of it but it was a very hot thing in 2017 that when core left it was like look he's gone enough of this nonsense and then by the time you got to the playoffs, especially in the playoffs in the world series and stuff like that everything is different and on lockdown I want to say by the time you got to 2019, because 2019 was you're not allowed to have anything in there. They've really came a long way with monitoring stuff like that. So, I mean, that's the only thing that gets lost in the shovel here is the Astros almost won the World Series again. And there's no indication that they were doing any of this in 2019. Am I correct from what I've read? Am I missing something here or is that mm-hmm. correct?
0: Uh, that is correct. Yeah. OK,
2: so let's I not said pretend it was like,
0: a distraction, more of a distraction. Yeah. And
2: stuff. Let's not pretend like the Astros aren't a great baseball team. Let's not pretend like Jose Altuve and Springer and and Bregman aren't great and Verlander and all the guys. Like, oh, they're ridiculous. They've said great. Yeah, well, I mean all all these all these the people taking shots at these guys as if as if this was the only reason they were any good. Meanwhile, Jose Altuve hit 400 in double A one year. So like let's let's right. just stop, just shut up. It's just hysterical to me. So, I don't know. I'm looking at this man and and again, it's difficult from in-house. I think you want to bring in somebody else, even if they're just a figurehead and keep a spot of there maybe. But I, I don't know if promoting from within is the best thing to do. I do, however, believe very strongly that they are going to really take this out on the rest of the league. <laughs> like I think I think they're going to win 100 games again. And I think they're going to be right back in the playoffs again. And I think they're going to have a big middle finger to
0: everybody. Uh, I don't know. How do you think they respond? I think it's possible. I, I, I think that the good thing is, is that this didn't happen during the season. So all this stupid distraction stuff for them, that's the way they look at it, will happen in March. But I would say uh, that they owe it. This team does when pitchers and catchers report and spring training starts. They owe it to talk about this. Like this was a very aggressive talking type team like Justin Verlander, a talker, Bregman, a talker, Um, Springer, a talker. Like they haven't said a word about this. That's the disappointing part is that I hope that this gets discussed in the spring. I don't think I'm going to go, by the way, the first day. I don't want to be you know in that nonsense. I don't need to be. But I hope that that happens before this all starts in spring training. All right. uh, Let's take a quick timeout when we come back next. uh, Into the NFL. Back we go. E-player in the NFL retires. What does it mean for the rest of the league? Don't go away. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzoppia with you here on the show. A, a very tough night, I thought, for the NFL yesterday. It, it, it hit me in the heart yesterday watching and caught me by surprise to see the Carolina Panthers post a three-minute video. Three minutes, not 30 seconds, not a minute, not two. I mean, a long, three-minute, very hard-to-watch video of Luke Keekley arguably the best linebacker in the NFL over the last decade, deciding that a time that has come for him to retire. If I'm not mistaken, he is not thirty years old. And
2: twenty-eight, it's, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad because this is a player playing at a very high level. There is no question that his career has been derailed by multiple concussions. Multiple concussions. And you have to first and foremost understand his move why he did it, which makes perfect sense. And also pray for this man that nothing in the future uh, will be, you know, will happen because of everything that's happened on the field and impossible to predict. But sadly, if if something did happen, you wouldn't be shocked because of all the concussions that he's had. Uh, This happened with Calvin Johnson a few years ago, who was very young, decided to retire, followed up by Andrew Luck. Arguably top three, top four quarterback in the NFL. Calvin Johnson, top three receiver in the NFL for sure at that time. Luke Kuechly, top three linebacker right now, still in the NFL, maybe. Maybe not top three, maybe top five. Linebackers have these long careers. This guy could have played another five years easy at the level that he's playing in the NFL. So for me, this is just really sad, Joe. And I look, I am making my living doing this, you know, like talking about sports and talking about football. But it is videos and things like this that make me so upset to see individuals have to go through this. And and I think that this in particular is something that we're going to continue to see happening. And probably it's not going to change a thing about the NFL because there's always going to be that next young stud every year that's going to come out, that's going to play and play at a very high level. And it's going to be a great player in the NFL, and we'll forget about Luke Kuechly, and we'll hear about him in ten years from now, twenty years from now, or five years when he gets in the Hall of Fame. But it is very, it hurts me, and it's very sad. And I got to tell you, and and speaking very transparently, if this wasn't my job, and there was no fantasy, and there was no gambling, I would not endorse the NFL. I mean, it is it is hurting me to see the kind of injuries that these players are having and i'm not in a sanctimonious soapbox position that i'm going to stand up and make a statement and say i'm never watching the nfl again or i'm never covering the nfl again like that's not what this is about it's just no i was it affects a, you personally i, I was like i was a prisoner of the moment last night and i was like my gosh like enough of this man like how many guys have to have to stop playing in order for them to change things and i know that they're trying but but again, I, I, I like college football more than I like pro football. That is for sure. But it's it's just really it was a very hard to watch video of someone that you could tell how passionate he was about the game. And now here we are and we're just going to you know, look at the next linebacker that comes up in the NFL. And, that, and that's the guy that we're going to put up there as our heroes. And so it just was a sad thing for me to watch yesterday.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I I agree. It's definitely sad. Uh, sad because he's a great player. Sad because he's a great person. And it just seems like, you know, everything that you want out of your superstars in the NFL. Um, well, the one bit, and I know we were talking about this a little last night back and forth in exchange, and you were definitely in the moment. You were very upset <laughs> last night about yeah, it. Yeah, very upset to see. Um, and and I kind of took it to a different place, which is, he, he says it in the statement, too, about since I was a kid. And a lot of these players, you know, he's 28 years old, but he's been playing football for almost 20 years. You have to think about that. And I'm not talking about he's playing flag football. He's playing out, you know, with his friends. I'm saying most of these guys from the time they're 10 years old, by the time they get to 30, they've been playing football for 20 years. And they're playing when their brains aren't fully formed. They're playing when their bodies aren't fully formed. And youth athletics and the pressure. And the expectation of youth athletics, especially in football, especially in places like Texas or Western Pennsylvania or Florida, and California, it goes on and on. Some of these hotbeds for, for high school, not even high school, but I'm talking to like Pop Warner kind of football, these youth football leagues. These kids are taking massive hits. I, I was a, I watched that show Friday night, Tykes for years when it was on, it was a great program about the youth Texas football league. And you see these kids getting concussions and they're 11 years old. And you're thinking to yourself, the hell are these people doing out there why you know why are they putting these kids in harm's way why because because their lives are so empty that they have to have these kids do you know play at x level and all these things and stuff like that i believe if you want to teach a kid football you have them play flag football and i know a lot of that's taken hold now and i see a lot of my friends who are coaches in these youth flag football leagues teach them about running routes teach them about plays teach them about what it is to block teach them about all these things without the full contact because I think what's happening, by the time these kids get to high school and then college and then the pros, their body and their their brains have taken so much contact that they just they, – you see Andrew Luck retiring. You see Calvin Johnson. You see Kegel. You see a host of these guys retiring before the age of 30 or somewhere around there. And I just think the wear and tear of their bodies has gotten to a point where you just sit back at it and you go – Well, of course they're getting out now and we need to do a better job too because uh, I had Dr. Tommy John on my podcast last year and he talked about youth baseball and he's seeing kids come in there with the shoulders of 50-year-old men and the knees of 60-year-old men. And that's crazy. And why? Because these kids are playing the same sport all year round, training, 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 and their bodies are still growing and it's just not the way to do it. And none of these kids are playing Major League Baseball. All of them are getting burnt out or physically unable to even if they wanted to. And we have to all do a better job at the youth sports level teaching the game instead of making it this hyper competitive situation. We're putting the kids at risk physically where they're playing all year round and all these adults are making money off of it. This is a huge money grab for a lot of people and enough is enough. And that's why we're getting some of these things where it's different when a kid starts playing football in high school to when a kid starts playing football and they're 10 years old. That's a seven year difference potentially, or five to six year difference. That's, that's a big difference, Craig. And I think that's why you see it take its toll on these athletes in the NFL.
0: Yeah. And, and I don't necessarily agree with everything that you're saying, but e- indeed, if what you're saying is true and factual, and is the reason why a lot of these guys are going down earlier, if that is indeed true, I personally don't see that changing at all. And I only see it getting worse, not better. I, because of the money that is out there and because the competitive that, that is, competitiveness excuse me, that is out there and I see it in Little League, obviously not the same level of impact that it has, of course, uh, on football, not close, that I only see this being worse and worse and getting worse and not better. And so it's unfortunate. Uh, I hate to see it. I've made it clear that and I've said this publicly and privately that my business your business is based around the NFL it's based around what it is and i would love for them to change it but i'm disgusted with it i i am disgusted not not with all the political stuff i don't care about that but i'm disgusted with a man's career is cut short and his life potentially is in jeopardy and we saw it with andrew luck we saw it with Keekly. i mean this is back to back years of arguably top 2 top 3 players in the NFL before the age of 30 and i'm i'm hopeful that this doesn't continue to happen on every level but I applaud Keekley for getting out before it's too late and I think for a lot of guys it just was too late and that's the unfortunate part about this in terms of the Panthers let's let's dive into this real quick because we did discuss this a week ago or two Christian McCaffrey Joe like what is this guy got to be thinking right now I got a new coach I got a new offensive coordinator my coach has just been given a seven year contract, not two. <laughs> a seven year contract, which to me sends a huge message like we got to give this guy time to put in his own system. They definitely hired a great offensive coordinator who was from the NFL once LSU is now back. Are, are the Panthers in a in a rebuild at this point? Are they in a retool at this point? I mean, they just there's no replacing Luke keekley like that's that's their anchor and their defense, by the way, was horrible to begin with with Luke Keekley. So I I'm, I'm, don't know which way the Panthers go at this point, but would they dare even consider trading McCaffrey and just starting from scratch?
2: You know, I don't feel like they will. And the interesting thing about this Keekley retirement that we haven't really gotten into is what it does to the cap room of this organization now. Basically, you, can, you could really go after some players now if you want. Now, you, that might not be the best route to go, But you could certainly make the argument that it's a very good free agent class and and there's a lot of things out there you could go out and make a move on and you could spend some money or invest some money in players. If I'm Christian McCaffrey, I look at that and I say, well, there's a lot more money for me to go around now. If I was him, this is the fourth year of his rookie deal. Correct. If I'm counting correctly. Mm -hmm. So Christian McCaffrey just got a whole lot easier to lock up to a long term deal if the Panthers decide that's the route they want to go. If you want to tear everything down, I don't know if there's a better asset right now than Christian McCaffrey. I understand he's got one year left on his deal, but you could certainly make a, a deal where you, you bring him in and then sign him to a long-term contract immediately and work those kind of things out. We all know that happens, but Keekley's retirement really opens up the floodgates now in Carolina for so many different possibilities. You could start completely fresh and say, well, we lost Keekley too. We're losing Cam Newton. What's the point? Let's just start over. Or we could say, look, let's build around McCaffrey. Let's bring in some more pieces. We have a lot more flexibility. As great of a player as Keekly was, Keekley did miss significant time in seasons the last couple of years with the concussions. So maybe this is somehow a blessing in disguise from the business standpoint. Obviously, you don't want Keekley to retire. He's a great piece of your your, your roster and, and your organization, But at the same time, from a business standpoint, you have to look at it practically and say, "Okay, it gives us a lot more flexibility. And I think the Panthers are one of these teams will be fascinating to watch as we start to get into March and into the draft time in April, because I think there's going to be a lot of moves here for the Carolina Panthers to make if they want to make them.
0: Yep. No doubt about that. Uh, Real quick, uh, just to close out on the NFL in this segment uh, earlier this morning, Joe Larry Fitzgerald announced that he is coming back for a 17th season in the NFL. The NFL is clearly better. It's just amazing, like, the disparity here. You have keekley leaving early, and Fitzgerald keeps playing he's double the amount of time that keekley has been in the NFL. Wide receiver is clearly a different position. Um, Fitzgerald in fantasy next year, Joe, I'm going to guess, is you feel very comfortable with him as your wide receiver three, right? Like, that's basically wh- where, where he's, where he's going to be.
2: Yeah, very comfortable is tough for me because this is a guy started out like a house on fire into the season. I was very happy because I thought he was being underappreciated. And then in the PPR world, he's probably somewhere around 10 points every week. It's fine. Wide receiver three slash flex. I think I think you got to think of him there. I think Kyler Murray had some you know positive steps forward. That's for sure. But um, he didn't have a whole lot of touchdowns last year either. It's down to four. Um, I was hoping he could get back into that 100-catch range this year. I thought the way this offense was going to run, that that could be a possibility. Came up with 75, 804, and four touchdowns. So that is, I think quintessential wide receiver three slash flex play guy. Mm -hmm. I would also be very careful in in shallower leagues. I would try to manage him a little bit more. I would have him on a roster and then play him more matchups than I would
0: just leave him out there in a lineup. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. He'll have a couple big games next year, but in general... You
2: know, he has more uh, tackles in his career than drop passes. Huh. That's incredible. You like that stat? I saw that uh, stat yesterday, and I was just blown away by that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't see any chance he catches... um, Rice, but he's going to be solidify himself as number two all time everywhere. I mean, that's after playing this year, that's for sure. All right. Uh, we got to take a quick time out as hour number one comes to an end. We got the best of the first hour next, and then we'll hit on a lot more. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Craig Mace, Joe, Pia, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
1: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia.
0: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. It feels like a preemptive strike where Major League Baseball is going to drop the hammer on him anyway. And Cora, knowing that spring training is getting ready to start, thought better of it just to eliminate myself from the distraction, which is basically what he said in the comments. And so the Red Sox and Astros, Joe, both looking for managers with less than a month to go before spring training.
2: I believe the phrase was uh, parted ways, which I always love that. I always love parted ways. That's always my favorite thing. Um, but I, I think more accurate to say fired. Right. I feel like fired is the is the right you know, it seems like the right thing. Well, there, to
0: there's do. A, there, there is a difference between parted ways and firing. For sure. It is. And right? It has
2: to do with contractually, like who gets the money. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. But look, this was definitely coming. Everybody knew after what we saw happen on Monday, which uh, I mean, honestly, it feels like doesn't it feel like a year ago? This conversation has really just kind of taken off. And I know it's taken off in a number of big Facebook groups for baseball and fantasy baseball and on Twitter and everywhere else on social media. And it should. It's It's a very relevant conversation. And I think there's a lot of questions to ask ourselves about, well, what's the line of cheating? And, and yes, and little guy definitely, what the Astros did was wrong because it said in black and white, don't do this. And they pushed the envelope and they did it anyway. But then again, what they were doing was basically a different version of cheating, which really, should you be allowed to do that in the first place? Look, it, the whole thing is fascinating. Uh, in terms of the fallout from this, I feel like everything happened in an hour, too. Because we've got this, we've got the Donaldson, we got the Keekley, we've got everything. Almost like it's just like one story after another story after another. So all of a sudden, we're January supposed to be dead. It was it was a hot night last night in January, even though it was freezing cold up here in the northeast. And I'll tell you Sorry, what, the Red Sox no. are looking for a new manager. And, and I, it's anybody's guess who that's going to be right now.